0: We are on the doorstep, if you will, of the month of May. Some of us couldn't wait for it to arrive. Others would just as soon have it wait. But if you are a celebrator, so to speak, of May the 5th, which is also known as Cico de Mayo, I have a historical fact for you. It appears that a number of years ago that on the maiden voyage, or on the voyage, I'm sorry to say, of the Titanic, there was a load of mayonnaise that no one really knew about that was going from Mexico over to Spain. On that fateful night as the ship hit the iceberg, and we know what happened, unfortunately, that everything sank, and so did the mayonnaise. So distraught were the individuals of Spain that they began to cry, Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I doubt you'll find that in any history books, but, but that's a little bit of trivia for you. It's good to see you this morning. Good to have you here. This morning, we are going to gaze at a very interesting life of an individual that not much is recorded in the Word of God. His name is Enoch. All that we know about him is recorded in three different places of the Scripture. The first was in Genesis chapter 5. Then it's in Hebrews, and then there's also a passage in Jude. That's all we know about the life of this one, but the most important thing that we know is according to Genesis chapter 3, he walked with God. That's our theme this morning. A faith that walks with God. With God, how do we do that? What are our steps that we need to take in order to have that accomplished in our lives? I'm here to tell you, it's not a a one and done situation. It is a continual walk with God. I trust you're up for it. The, the journey ahead may not be palatable to you. It may be that you too may sink like the mayonnaise on the Titanic. But I'm here to tell you the journey is well worth the effort. Can we pray together this morning? Father, All I have to offer this morning is words that you've given to me. They are not my own. I trust that they are devoid of me. For we need to hear from you. Our ears, our hearts, the very depths of our souls need to be connected together. So that he who has ears, let him hear what the Lord says to the churches. Your word is that powerful that it is described as being that way. It is the power of God, it is that upon which we stand. It is our truth source, it is our standard of righteousness. You've given it to us for a purpose of not just to gather dust from Sunday afternoon to the next Sunday morning. It is to be garnered. It is to be read and studied. It is to be ingested so to speak in the very depths of our soul. And this morning we come to this portion of your word, Lord, that describes this one known as Enoch. He's not given much accolades as far as chapters in the word of God, but what it does say about him draws us to the same conclusion that he did. He walked with God. I don't know if there could be a greater title to be given to an individual. But Lord, that's our call. We are to walk with you. So as we open your word, that which we lack, we pray that you would give to us. That which we do not understand, would you clarify for us? And that which we struggle with, may you take it from us. In your word, it tells us that we are to pray one for another, to encourage one another. As we were awakened this morning of a prayer request. Concerning Jessica Crosley, I pray, O oh God, that though we don't know all of the details, but yet, Lord, we ask that you would speak to her, even as she lays in the ICU unit of the hospital from an automobile accident that she was in yesterday. You know the details, O oh God. You know what she needs. You know what the doctors lack. So, Lord, I pray that you would provide for those areas. Strengthen her husband's God and their children as I'm sure that they too are caught in the perplexity of the accident that has laid aside for a while the wife and the mother of this family. We ask, O God, that you would do that which is beyond what we could even imagine or think. But we know, Lord, that that which you do will give you the most glory. And that's our desire and that's our prayer. We too, Lord, lift up to you Randy Weiser. He's here this morning, Lord, and we thank you for that. The recent CAT scan showed something that could be could be alarming, but yet at the same time, the doctors are not sure. As he anticipates, as he and his family wait upon you, O Lord, for direction in the doctors and in their lives, I pray that they would find a peace that passes all understanding that will guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I pray that their walk of faith would be that, though it may seem to have a few twists and turns in it, but yet help them to know, Lord, that they're not walking alone, for you're with them. They would be like David who cries out, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he leads me, yes, he leads me with his rod and his staff, and yea, though I even walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will Fear no evil, for thou art with me. May you, O Lord God, show yourself to be strong in this situation. Thank you for the strengthening of our dear sister Barb. Thank you, God, that you will continue to strengthen her. And too, with with Nathan Mosser, I pray, O God, still for strengthening in his health situation. So, Lord, this morning we are grateful, grateful for allowing us to be here today, thankful for your word. Now may it become dynamic in our lives, and we'll thank you and praise you in your name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 and 6 is our jumping off point, if you will, this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. And you must put verse 6 with verse 5 because it is a continuous thought that is generated in verse 5 and then developed more in verse 6. You must have verse 6 with verse 5. Hebrews 11, verse 5 says, "...by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death." and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who Diligently seek him. Verse 5 closes with the word please, and verse 6 opens with the word please. What does that word mean? We will not take the time because we won't have it this morning, but if we go back to Genesis chapter 5, and you begin to look at what Enoch was. Enoch is the great-grandfather of Noah. He's the seventh, if you will, from Adam. He's the seventh generation from Adam, the great-grandfather of Noah. And in his time, it says when he was 65 years old, he bore a son by the name of Methuselah. Methuselah lived, as recorded in scriptures, he was the oldest one who's ever lived on the face of this earth. I don't know if that's a champion banner I would like to carry, but Methuselah did it well. Then came Lamech, and then came Noah. But I do want us to turn to the passage in Jude, because this in Jude, it tells us what Enoch was involved with. Jude doesn't have any chapters. It's just one short letter that was written. But in Jude, verse 14 and 15, if you're struggling to find Jude, find the book of the Revelation and then just turn to the left, you'll soon come to it. Jude, verses 14 and 15, these words, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly, among them all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and for all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. In other words, Enoch lived during an ungodly time. It wasn't all roses and wonderful colored rainbows. Enoch lived and ministered to an ungodly generation. For in Genesis chapter 5, it tells us after Methuselah was born, Enoch lived 300 years, and it says he walked with God. He walked with God. And during his walking, he preached against the ungodliness of his time. I keep watch of the spiritual temperature if you will of our country. In most recent days the temperature has fallen. Fallen to almost a freezing point. In California right now you may already know there's on a there's a legislature that desires to have every bit of Christian literature dismissed from society. Supposedly, it brings upon individuals who read it a hollowing experience in their mind. Whatever that phrase means, I don't know. California doesn't want it anymore. In our own state of Pennsylvania... Still, on the books, is a legislature bill to force any public place to allow individuals, as they feel that day, whether they can go into a ladies' room or men's room, ladies' locker room or men's locker room, depending upon... How they feel that day. We live in an ungodly society. And yet, the call from the scripture is to walk to please God. In Genesis 5, it says Enoch walked with God. Hebrews 11, in verse 5, it says, he pleased God. Those terms are not opposite of each other. In fact, the translation from the Hebrew that is translated walked in Genesis to the Greek, which is translated pleased in Hebrews, is a continual, if you will, vein of walking to Please God. It's not disjointed at all. In fact, in Enoch's life, we'll see what it is and how we can walk with God to please Him. Startling to stick stick. Try to say that when you've got a cough drop in your mouth. A startling statistic says that 97% of Americans believe in God. But only 62% believe that he's all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere. There's a large majority or minority that believe that God doesn't show up. He's not who he says he is. He's no impact upon my life. And so they squander as they move. Verse 6 is very important because it says in order to please, in order to walk with God, you must first believe that he is. Not that he is in a belief system that, yeah, there's someone out there, by the you call him whatever you want, God. No, 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 no. That literally means that it is impossible to please him, for we must believe that he is who he says he is. He exists. And the very descriptiveness of him in Scripture defines who he is in other words you can't make him what you want him to be for he's already determined who he will be so this morning in an order that we may walk with god we must first believe that he is who he says he is I've given you four recordings in the New Testament that highlight a very thing as it says God is this. And when it says in Scripture that God is this, you better pay attention because God is telling you who he is. And for us to walk with him, we must believe that who he is it's how we must live. In a few minutes we have left, let's journey through this, if we will. Not that my words are that important, but yet I trust that they will be of help to you. The first one is this. God is spirit. So we must walk in the spirit. In John 4, verse 24, Jesus is having a conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well. And he point-blank tells her that God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. John 4, verse 24. He is Spirit. God is spirit. Paul writes in Galatians 5 and verse 16 that it says that we must walk in the spirit so that we do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We are to walk in the spirit. Paul writes again in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 that we walk by faith and not by sight. God is Spirit, so we must walk in Spirit. Well, what does that look like? What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Let me give you a foundational word that you can apply to each one of these four different characteristics of God. The first foundational word for walking in the Spirit is prayer. Is prayer. Dynamically, someone wrote that prayer is the practice of the presence of God. I like that. I like that, to have a communion with him as if he's sitting right next to you. That doesn't mean that he's my homie. No. He is who he is. He is beyond my full understanding But I will tell you this, he is my friend. Because Jesus says, I'm your friend. That means he knows everything before we even ask, but he wants us to ask. Prayer is the key of what it means to walk in the Spirit, because let me give you these examples. Walking in the Spirit is, it is when we, to trust God's unseen hand and depend on his strength. It's to trust in his unseen hand and to rely on his strength. Ever wondered why Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. That's because he's strong and mighty. Someone once said if you can't see God's hand as he moves in your being, but yet you can still trust his heart because all that he is is good and he always does what is right. Right. Another thing of walking in the Spirit, another definition is this. It is, it is to lean on the Spirit's power when we are powerless. It is to rely on the Spirit's leading when we're lost. It is to live lives, not lived in one's own power, but remain dependent on God's Spirit. Walking in the Spirit through prayer is a dynamic that brings you to a realization that all you lack, God has. All that you need, he will provide. But he desires for you to ask him. I can just imagine Enoch walking with God in such a way that he could stand before a whole generation and call them ungodly. And literally said, oh, by the way, God is bringing thousands of his saints to bring judgment upon you. I wish there was someone who would have stood in the legislature wing of the California government and would have stood up and said... God is going to judge us for this action. I wish someone would stand up in the midst of the Pennsylvania legislature and say the same thing. In the presence of walking with God, walking in the Spirit as He is Spirit, the foundation is prayer. God is Spirit. Secondly, we are to. It's described for us in John 1 John 5. I'm sorry, 1 John 1, 5 to 7, that God is light. So we must walk in the light. I love the way John describes God when he uses that term. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. In the Greek, it's emphatic because it repeats that phrase. In him is no darkness, no, no darkness at all. And that means that we are to walk in that same light that there is no Darkness in us. Well, here's your key word to help you understand what we mean. It is study the Word of God. Study the Word of God. There is an account that's given to us in the life of Robert Louis Stevenson. As a young boy, his nanny called him to come to bed. He was unresponsive to that call. The nanny went down and said, what are you doing that you didn't come to bed? And he said, nanny, there's some men outside who are poking holes in the darkness. She, not realizing what he was talking about, went to the window and it was during the time of when individual men would go and light the street lamps that all of a sudden showed light. They're poking holes in the darkness. If you want to walk in the light, our, our call is to involves living and thinking according to the word of God. It's not making up our own rules. It's not generating our own thoughts. It is living according to the word of God. All of, my, all of the Awana children here this morning, what is the key verse of Awana? Yell it out to me. No, no, no. Don't turn to your mom and say, da, 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 da. Yell it out to me. What is the key verse of Awana? Lord have mercy. <laughs> they say it every Wednesday. 2 Timothy 2.15. Now I'll say it the way that I learned it. You guys are in another translation. It's a study To show yourself approved unto God, a workman not to be ashamed, rightly handling or dividing the word of truth. If you're not studying the word of God, then the opposite of that verse is true. Unfortunately, you're ashamed. To poke holes in the darkness of society, we only have one authority. And in case you're not aware of it, it's this. <laughs> it is the word of truth. I'm not here to tell you that society likes truth. They like to cover it up. They don't want to be faced with the wickedness But if we're going to walk in faith, as Enoch did, we have to stand upon the truth of the Word of God. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman, not be ashamed, rightly divided, rightly handling the Word of truth. Peter says, be ready. To give an answer to the hope that lies within you with all fear and godly, who would ever ask you about that? To walk with God, it means we have to walk in the light as He is in the light. Third. God is love Therefore we must walk in love. First John four verses seven to 11, it showers us with an illustration of this love. And in the midst of it, it says, "God is love." In the Hebrew language, there are four words that are translated love in our scriptures. This particular translated word is agape. No, not a grape, it's agape. It's God's love. The type of love that even though God knows you from the very beginning of time, he still loves you. Whether you had a good day or a bad day yesterday, God still loves you. Whether you kicked the dog, yelled at your children, God still loves you. It's the kind of love that we, as God's children, are to have. You want the key word for this one? It's called Sacrifice sacrifice it's loving individuals who aren't loving loving individuals not expecting anything in return loving individuals as is described in john 3 16 that god so loved the world that he gave he sacrificed his son he was willing to do that why Because he loves us. I I think it's too easy for us as a church to flow with the with the tide of time. If we don't rustle things up, we'll be okay. We're just gonna hunker down in our holy huddle here. Meet on Sunday morning. Everyone sing a few songs, feel great, and go and life's good. But what about that next door neighbor you got? What about that coworker that just bristles you to no end? Uh, let's take it even a little bit closer. What about that husband that just don't get it? Or that wife. Oh, if you had my wife, I I thank God I only have one, and that's the one I love. Why she loves me, I have no idea. But it's that kind of love that we are to have for those who are lost. Enoch, in in Jude 14 and 15, his message, yes, it was harsh, but he preached it in hopes to turn the hearts of people to God. It didn't much, because if you go back in Genesis chapter 5, his message fell on deaf ears what well, we see in chapter 6 who is listed in the next message for us Noah appears and only Noah and his wife and the three sons and their wives lived through God's fierce judgment so what we are faced with, if we're going to walk with God, we're going to have to walk in the light. We're going to have to walk in the spirit. We're going to have to walk in love. Why? Because the only thing we can take to heaven are other people. That's all. They need to hear The truth. Speak the truth in love, yes. But they need to hear the truth. Lastly, the last one. God is holy. Thus we are to walk in holiness. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 3 and Revelation 4, 8 have something in common. We get to hear the voices of the angels in glory ascribed to God, holy, holy, holy. It's recorded for us in First Peter 1 and verse 15 that be ye holy, for I am holy to walk in a holiness. An individual scholar wrote this concerning holiness when he said we often miss the meaning of the triple repetition of holy. Repetition is a literary technique in the Hebrew language that is used for emphasis. God is not just holy. He is not even holy, holy. He is holy, holy, holy. The Bible never says that God is love, love, love or mercy, mercy, mercy or wrath, wrath, wrath or justice, justice, justice. It does say that he is holy, holy, holy that the whole earth is full of his glory. Because God is holy We, too, are to walk in holiness. Yesterday, my wife and I and my daughter, we were out planting flowers. Why I buy so many, I have no clue. But we were out planting flowers. And as I'm planting flowers, I am also find myself pulling weeds Am I, only, am I the only one that has weeds in their flower beds? All the rest of you got perfect flower beds, you're all set? Well, I don't. They're sinners. And I'm, I'm pulling weeds. It's not long, too, that there's a, a daily chore of something that must be taken out of the house, and that's the garbage. You don't leave garbage. In your house, we, we have our garbage container, everyday garbage, underneath the sink. Depending on what my wife makes that day, you don't want that to stay there for a week. It may taste good the day she makes it, but seven days later, as it's cooking in the garbage, you don't want to eat that. That's what it means to be holy. You want your key word? It's this. Confession and repentance. The life of a believer. Let me give you a key verse 1 John 1 9, written for believers. If we confess our sins, he's what, everybody? He is faithful and just to forgive us. In the life of a believer, repentance is pulling weeds taking the garbage out. It's that which the Holy Spirit, through the study of the Word, through the prayer, through the practicing of the presence of God, through the loving of other individuals, that God may very well show us something that needs to be eradicated from our lives. And we are faced with a decision. Will I pull the weed? Will I take the garbage out? Or will I let it sit there and rot? and stink, and take over my flower beds. Enoch was one that separated himself from the ungodly generation, and he stood forth as one who had taken the garbage out. Now, just in case you might be wondering, walking with God may not mean that you'll be taken out of here by the hand of God. Edmund, in the lion, witch, in the wardrobe, asked Mr. Beaver concerning the lion, is he safe? safe he's not safe but he is good walking with god may very well take you to places of great danger you may even lose your life when you walk with god read the closing of Hebrews chapter 11. Individuals were sawn in half. They were boiled to death. But this is what God had to say. But the earth was not worthy to have them. Walking with God is not the easiest thing to do. But I will tell you this. It is well worth the journey. Because in it, you will please God. And did you recognize the closing of verse 6? He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. A faith that endures To the the end, must have a walk of faith. Are you willing to take the steps? I guarantee you, you will be rewarded because God rewards those who diligently seek him. Let's pray. Father. These moments draw our minds to contemplate what we've heard. may not be pleasant, may not be something we'd like to hear, but it's in your word. To walk with you causes us to stop and gaze at who you are. So it is there that we must believe that you are who you say you are. I pray, oh God, that we individually, as your children and corporately as a church, would be willing to walk by faith. To walk in such a way that we continually please you. And so God, Still in us a desire to walk as Enoch walked with you. May that be our passion. We know, O oh God, that it's something that you would desire of us. So may we do this. Do this in a way that people would see you even in an ungodly generation. Amen.